0: Let me uh, pray and we'll get going as, uh, as we open God's word today. Lord, thanks so much for a chance to open your word, to reflect on this uh, day of all days that uh, Jesus was born. Uh, we'll spend our whole month doing that here again in, at Bay Life. But uh, uh, Lord, to reflect on what comes with Jesus uh, as he uh, brings uh, his, um, his, his life to earth uh, as, as we celebrate Christmas. To, to, to remember the things that he brought with him. Uh, Things like uh, joy and peace today, Uh, let those rest in our hearts. Uh, I know this is a room full of people. Everybody's got a story. Uh, There might be things uh, in people's lives right now that could certainly use some peace and certainly use some joy. Uh, So help us to leave here encouraged by what your word has to say about those things. As always, get me out of the way. Speak in my place, God. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I woke up yesterday morning like I usually do on Saturday or more recently, do on Saturday. I went and ran, went to the gym, yay! And uh, and then I thought I was going to have this day that I had planned the day before. Some background: My daughter uh, Kai uh, went to school in Saint Augustine for a year, came home, and decided that she didn't want to go back. So she knocked out her associate's degree in basically a summer and a semester, and uh, she's 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 basically got five or six months between her going on to the next part of her college education. Uh, and, and now to just kind of do what she wants, and so we said, Kai, you should travel. And so she said to us, "Perfect, I'll go to Pittsburgh." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what my eyebrow. This guy right here went. Oh. Anyway, uh, my eyebrow went up too. But uh, she, I met a friend at, at school uh, her freshman year who's from Pittsburgh. Her parents are uh, you know uh, snowbirds. They they are winter in Florida. She's in the house all alone. Kai's going to go up there and live with her for five months, take some classes up in Pittsburgh, and enjoy the culture. Why wouldn't you, right? We were thinking Europe, but Pittsburgh's fine. So um, so she's going to Pittsburgh. Now, uh, she's going to Pittsburgh and needs a vehicle to get her there. Uh, When she came home from college, uh, I do this for every kid. They pay half. I pay the other half. We get a car. Um, And uh, so I, I got her a car. I got her a lemon. I let her talk me into a cute car instead of a good car. may know what I'm talking about? And that's my fault. I wanted to please my daughter because I love her, but uh, I got her a lemon. I, got, I won't tell you what it is, it's a lemon. Anyway, um, so I gotta get her another car. And that's what shaped my day yesterday. I've been looking on Craigslist for a car. That's where I got the last one, by the way. <laughs> uh, so I found one that I thought would be our solution. It was in the price range that I, uh, we don't go into debt for cars, so I was at a price range that I could pay. And um, Anyway, I, I thought it was going to just make my day. I hate buying cars. Hate it. Don't like the people who sell them. If that's you, I love you. But on the day that I have to dicker for a car, it's like war, right? So I don't like doing it. So I thought I'd found this perfect, you know, answer to prayer, ah, car, and, uh, and started uh, calling this guy to be able to go look at it. Uh, he assured me that I'd be able to do that on Saturday at 10 o'clock, so I basically set my whole day up around that. 10 o'clock, go look at the car, come in here shortly after lunch, get ready for this preach tomorrow. Now, 10 o'clock comes around. Uh, I've called him probably six or seven times between my workout and, and uh, 10 o'clock. He's, he's not picked up his phone. I'm getting frustrated. Finally, I get to the point where I'm like, done. We're, I'm not going over there. 10.15, my phone finally rings. He says, hey, sorry I missed your calls. If you want to come see it, you can come see it. I, I was so glad to have the opportunity to see this car, I just said, sure, send me the address, I'll be right there. He sends me the address, it's north of the airport, <laughs> which is far, if you're not from here, uh, or farther than I wanted to go. I was all the way on the other side of the Brandon, but I was like optimistic, I'm like, I can totally do this, still fit everything in and get over uh, to where I need to you know, do my work. And so I started heading that way. I forgot it was December 3rd in Brandon on a Saturday, Right? <laughs> Uh, and so it took me a while just to get out of town. took me a while once I got over there. It's off of Martin Luther King and Lois and way over there. Anyway, um, uh, finally got there, and I was driving up to the place where this guy told me to go, and my heart sank. Has anybody ever done this? Uh, It's basically a a car graveyard. It's all these cars, you know, that have been in accidents. Uh, He's a reconditioner and and a detailer of cars, and he sells some of them because apparently the people who turn them in are like, you know what, it's so bad, you just keep it. And uh, (laughs) this is the car that I was looking at. I should have known that the picture's being so far back, (laughs) right, that uh, there was something up, but I was so uh, eager to be done with the car thing, I thought this was it. I got up there, it's all just messed up. You open the door, it's like putting your face in an ashtray. I mean, I think they just lit cigarettes and left them burning all the time, you know, just so the car could smell like that. But listen, I've gone all this way. Has anybody been there? I've come all this way. I don't like buying cars. If this thing runs at all, I'll buy it. I'll drive it. I'll give her mine. I don't care, right? So I get in the car. I turn it on. I start, you know, uh, tooling out to the to the street. And I'm pretty sure there's parts missing in the engine. There's got to be, because it's just not, you know, functioning. I'm not a car guy. Some of you are gearheads. God bless you. I'm not. But I know when a car's not working properly. And so I took my little tool around the block. I was mad uh, and madder and madder. I finally parked the thing. I went to the guy. He said, what would you think? And I, I, I smiled and I said, well, I'm just starting my, my shopping, which in you know car shopping translation is not on your life am I buying that car. <laughs> and I got back in my truck and I felt it. Anybody been in one of those situations where you're all keyed up for something to be done and it doesn't work out? And I just felt it in my shoulders, my shoulders just, right, and I gripped my steering wheel and I started driving poorly, right? And I was thinking about what a waste of time this was. The stress and the disappointment was just kinda And I'll be honest, it affected me the rest of the day. You might think that pastors are impervious to that kind of stuff, they just get up and preach because the Holy Spirit just makes everything great, and he does. But I preached a lousy sermon last night. Glad you missed it. I was distracted. I was unclear. My routine had been interrupted and messed up by something that I hoped would work out that didn't. Does that describe anybody else's life in here sometimes? Yeah, life's nasty like that. You can be hoping for the best and assuming the best and everything turns out blue. And you're left with that stress that comes from that, the disappointments. You know, we're, listen, I'm not a downer preacher. I think we're blessed beyond measure, and God gives us way more than we deserve. Everybody with me on that? But, uh, but man, sometimes it's, just, it's hard. Life's hard. It's hard days. And that's why I'm grateful for the things that we're going to talk about today. I'm grateful for the joy that comes from knowing my Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for the peace that surpasses all understanding that he can grant situations in life, right? So what we need in times where stress and disappointment beset us. Christmas is a time, particularly, where stress is uh, at all-time highs. You just have to read sociology papers and stuff like that. I mean, people freak out in December in America. It's just hard around here sometimes. It's because they got all the extra stuff to do, trees, trimmings, gifts, return the gifts, right? (laughs) They got family coming in. I mean, they just came in November. They're coming back three weeks from now and for some of you that's like that's a trial for some of us it's just hard Those things didn't work out uh growing up like we hoped and uh being in the room with those people's tough for some of us like in my family uh, my family not showing up is a stress my mom was supposed to be here thursday and she instead spent like the week this previous week going in and out of the er and i uh, couldn't she's fine i mean we're figuring it out by god's grace but uh you know, you're kinda hyped up to see your mom, take her to see your kid graduate from college and she can't get on a plane. It's kinda sad. Just want her to be well, but it's like, ah, disappointments, right? In the midst of those disappointments at Christmas time and at other times, it's really easy to forget what we have in Jesus. Like in 21 days, just so you know, we're gonna celebrate the single greatest event that's ever happened on the earth. The coming of our Savior is the greatest thing that ever happened to this planet and we lose it sometimes not just in the trimmings of the culture and all the stuff that gets crammed into this season but we lose it in the midst of our stress and disappointment we forget that Jesus came he's our savior he's our solution he's our hope he's the giver of life the maker of life the sustainer of life right and it's him that we gather uh, in this place to sing about and hear about and be reminded of and I hope for you it's, it's, it's like a practical exchange. Like I, I, you know, I grew up going to church and it was more theoretical. It was more me just coming and listening to some guy get up and say what he was supposed to say so we could all go to lunch. But my hope is that when we gather, when every church gathers, the people in the room are earnestly and honestly seeking the solution that their Savior can bring. That you don't just show up because you have to you don't just show up because you always have. You show up expecting to be reminded of the things that are going to practically and measurably change your life. So, if you're here this morning and you're stressed out and disappointed, let me share with you the joy and the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. Let me remind you of this incredible gift uh, that came even in the announcement of his birth. And in case you forgot, uh, the texts that uh, explain the birth of Jesus Christ. Here in Luke chapter 2, I thought we'd have a guest speaker uh, come and share with us uh, this biblical reading. Everything will be turns into disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. Some of you youngers can't appreciate this, but when I was growing up, there was three channels. And you actually had to schedule the times that you were going to be able to watch something like Charlie Brown Christmas. It was a, it was a yearly event in my household that we all got to sit down and watch the thing again. And uh, Charles Schultz, a believer, uh, told a story about a kid in a tree uh, that wasn't working out so well, but uh, he snuck in the truth. He snuck in the gospel. Uh, and, uh, and that's the story that tells us that uh, of the greatest day that it was ever happened here on earth and 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 i don't know if you heard it but he 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 basically is he was describing what the angels said to the shepherds that night uh he said that he, uh he, he brought good news of what great joy and that's why we sing carols like joy to the world because the coming of christ brings great joy he, he says uh glory to god when they get later in the in the story they says glory to god in the highest and on earth peace right Goodwill towards men, or as we uh, understand it better from the translation, peace for those on whom God's favor rests. Yeah, even in the announcement of his birth, uh, we see that uh, Jesus brings this greater peace, this greater joy than has been common to the earthly experience. That's why we name this series Greater Than, I don't know if you picked that up, this isn't actually a... Of the word Jesus with a pointer. It's not like our drummer is Jesus. Chris is a nice guy, but it's not. He's not Jesus. Um, it's that. It's that math symbol. Greater than. Did everybody pick that up? It was my idea, so if it was obtuse, it's my fault. But uh, he's greater than. He's greater than anything that's ever happened. Any baby that's ever been born before, or will ever be born uh, after him. He's greater than. He's 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 God's son, and he gives us. These great things in our relationship with him. Let's talk about joy and peace today. Jesus brings us greater joy. Let me just explain those verses that Linus just read uh, a little bit so we can understand them maybe a little bit better. In the same region, that's the region of Bethlehem where Jesus is born, uh, there were shepherds. This is kind of key in the story of the, of the Christmas uh, saga. The, the shepherds are kind of interesting recipients of the message of Jesus' arrival. Uh, the angels didn't come to the 1%. Didn't come to the governors, the muckety mucks, the religious hoppity ups. Uh, Jesus' uh, birth was announced to the dregs of that society. Like, think the worst of the worst in our culture, and, and then take like another steps, uh, 10 steps down, and, and then you get to shepherds. Uh, shepherds were employed to go away from town, <laughs> to live out in the fields. Uh, uh, they, they, they were lower than slaves. Uh, They were the least of these, as Jesus would go on to explain in his teachings. Interesting, then, that God would choose to uh, announce the birth of his son, uh, who, by the way, came to a simple uh, girl and her uh, fiancé, no ties to any great families in Israel. He was born in a barn. Uh, He was laid in a manger, which isn't even as cool as some of the mangers that we make, you know, like with the hay and stuff like that. It's just basically a stone that they've, you know, dug a hole out of so they can pour water in it so animals can drink from it. Uh, He was laid in a rock, wrapped up really tight uh, and announced to these shepherds. Pretty unauspicious or inauspicious beginnings, wouldn't you say? It's no wonder that uh, the emphasis on the humility of Christ and those that follow him Uh, is is such a prominent message in scripture. Uh, It says that these shepherds were just minding their own own business out in the field, and they were keeping watching over their flock by night. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. Uh, An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Angel just means messenger. The Greek word angelos is messenger. And uh, this messenger uh, comes to them. But because he's an angel, he's supernatural, he's this Uh, you know, powerful being, creation of God. Uh, His glory, he he, he like shined like a light bulb, uh, but really bright, not like Rudolph Uh, Snows. The glory of the Lord shone around him. And of course these guys were scared spitless, right? I mean, they were were terrified of what was going on, uh, and rightly so. If a bright, shining angel showed up right now, there's a few people who are leaving. Is everybody with me? It's gonna be a little weird for us because it's just not normal. Well, as with every angelic uh, visit in Scripture, almost, this was the message from the angel to the shepherds. The angel said to him, Settle down, fear not. Uh, this is a good thing. Uh, I bring you good news, and there it is, of this great joy that will be for all people. It should say there will be for all people who allow it to be a part of their lives. We can reject joy and do all the time. But the, the good news of Christ and his arrival is marked here by the angels by the presence of joy. In Nehemiah chapter 8, 10, uh, chapter 8 verse 10, uh, Nehemiah says to the, the builders of the wall there in Jerusalem in that period of Israel's history, he says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Ever seen that on somebody's wall? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, that, that's uh, a, a promise, a guarantee that where there's joy, there's strength. Now the joy that was being spoken of there uh, had come to earth in this specific way. So what is joy came into earth through Christ? What is this joy then? Uh, Kay Warren, who's the wife of a guy named Rick Warren, he wrote this little book 20 years ago that was kind of successful. She wrote a book about peace, or excuse me, about joy, and said this, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. It's the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is gonna be all right, and it's the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Joy is not happiness. Happiness can happen as a result of joy, but joy and happiness are not the same thing. In fact, you can have joy even in the midst of some of your worst days. I wish I had chosen joy (laughs) driving back from that car debacle yesterday. Instead, I chose to swerve and try to get back to beat time. Uh, But in that that moment, I had the opportunity, just like all of us do, to choose uh, Christ and him in us, or to choose us and us in us, and I chose the me. Joy was at the ready. It could have been my strength. It could have been this, um, even in the absence of happiness and and, uh, and a smile on my face, I I still could have been content and confident in what God gave, uh, even in that difficult, trivial situation. John Piper's another pastor I really admire. And uh, he wrote this about joy. He says, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the world and in the word. And, uh, in the world and in the world. Well, those are reversed. Christian joy, I just want to break this down. Christian joy is a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Not a, necessarily a happy feeling, but it's a good feeling. It's this confidence that even if things are bad, something good is going to come of this. It's this inner contentment this optimism came home uh, last night and told Eleanor that I wasn't she always asked me how to go Saturday nights. how to go and usually I'm able to say hey man God showed up it'll be better in the morning <laughs> say that every time she said how'd it go last night I was like oh man I'm glad I'm home and we just kind of hung out did our Saturday night woke up this morning she, she's so great wives do this guys like it I, you know, she said, well, have a good day. And I was like, yeah, I just pray for me. She says, I will. And she walked up and she put her little hand on my shoulder. And she says, Mark, it's going it, to be good. You ever said that? Someone, someone you know, needs an encouragement and you give it to them? Those are joy impartations. Let me give you some joy. Let me remind you that it's all, you know, like the great theologian Bob Marley, every little thing is going to be all right. <laughs> right? And that's what she was doing. God's got this. You know, uh, when people ask you if you're good or how you're doing, most of the time people say, good, do you say that? Like if someone said to you, how you doing this morning? You say, good. And you may mean good in some general form. Maybe you're just trying to get them, you know, to move on. Good, go, oh, yes. <laughs> good can mean lots of things. I want us to change our general uh, response to that question. Can we do this for the sake of joy? I want you to look the people right in the eye that ask you how you're doing. Kind of freak them out a little bit, okay? And instead of just saying good in general, I want you to say, listen, it's all good. <laughs> just kind of do that. See if they ask you, oh, really, what's up? <laughs> and then you can talk about this sermon because that's what joy is. Joy is the conviction, the belief that even if things aren't good in general and in the greater scheme of things because of God's sovereignty and God's goodness, it's all good. You can go on to talk about the actual circumstances of your life, whether they're good or bad. But your first reaction as a follower of Jesus Christ should be, man, it's all good. I got Jesus. It's all good. It's a good feeling. It's in our soul. And this is uh, kind of some spiritual anatomy stuff here. Everybody, point to your soul. Where's your soul? Who, who, who's pointing to their soul? Anybody pointing to the bottom of your foot? Smart Alec. That's what you are right there. Where's your soul? So most people point to their heart. Is anybody pointing to their heart? We usually go here somewhere, right? Because we were always taught that Jesus comes into our hearts. The Bible didn't really say that, just so you know. But uh, don't, don't worry, it doesn't negate your Christianity if you ask Jesus to come into your heart. I'm not saying you're not Christian, but, but, but we, we make things uh, work in our vernacular so that we can understand what spiritually is happening with us. Um, our hearts aren't the home of Jesus. He didn't, like, post up in our A orders or something like that. He's... He's, he's a part of us spiritually. We've made a spiritual transaction through our faith, and he's come to indwell us, right? And so our soul is what he saves. Our soul is kind of the seat where all the spiritual stuff in us takes place, where our spirit wrestles with our flesh, where uh, Christ's spirit sets up residence. And when we're driving back from a disappointing car exchange, we either listen to him or we listen to the, to the flesh and the evil that's within us. It's kind of like this picture of this cartoon character. My kids grew up watching Gronk. Uh, The Emperor's New Groove, uh, this is kind of a classic cartoon thing. They put the angel on the one side and the devil on the other. This is all what happens in in some sense. It's a pictorial rendering of it, but it's what happens in your souls. Your souls get to be the determiners. If you can take Gronk off there so people aren't reminiscing about Gronk. Um, The soul is the the space in which your spiritual decisions or determinations are made. Your will goes into your uh, soul and interacts with your options. And then from there, just so you know, your feelings... How you feel uh, the things that you choose the ways that you act they emanate from your soul and so joy's root is in your soul and it's produced if you can go back to the definition it's produced by the Holy Spirit it's produced by the Holy Spirit uh, ever uh, wondered when you've read the Bible as to how God can ask us to feel certain things like, I got on much but my feelings are kind of spontaneous like when I've been, uh, you know, a part of a surprise party that was thrown in my behalf, um, when, when people jumped out from behind the furniture and yelled the word surprise, I wasn't just being obedient. I wasn't just, you know, hearing their instructions being like, yes, I'll choose that right now. I was genuinely terrified in those moments. I usually go all Bruce Lee in those things, right? You know, <laughs> fight or flight. Is anybody else like that when someone surprises you? My first instinct is swing, you know, just in case this is the real thing, I want a head start, right? But those aren't things that I can control. It's not like I could walk into a party and everybody jumps out from behind couches and says, confidence, right? And I'm feeling, I'm feeling very confident right now. It's not how it works, right? That's dumb. I, I heard that comedian say that. Anyway, um, my point is this. The Bible says over and over again, feel these things. And I don't know about you, my feelings, I don't control them. They just kind of happen. And so when God says to feel joy, to rejoice, always, and again I say rejoice, how do you conjure up joy if it's a feeling? He he says like things like be grateful. How do you you conjure gratitude when you're not? I can fake it. Anybody ever fake gratitude to someone? It's going to happen on Christmas, right? (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, this is the best. Is there a receipt? Anyway, um, you can even fake happiness. Want to see? There's me. He's so happy. Look at him. He's smiling. Now these are just, you know, facial manifestations of a feeling that we associate, you know, those manifestations with. But you don't have to actually feel it to do it. The Bible also says not to do certain feelings. Fear not. Really? What if I'm afraid? Uh, it it tells us to control our feelings be, be, be feelings be angry and do not sin like isn't that the whole point of anger <laughs> yell and scream and throw some stuff Amen. yeah <laughs> glad you're here um yeah these feelings i don't know about you but i don't feel like a control So how, if we don't have a feeling, do we get it? How, if we do have a feeling, do we stop it? How, if we have a feeling that's so uh, so powerful in us, do we control it? I'll, I'll tell you, if you're a Christian, the answer is simple. The Holy Spirit trumps you in those situations. The Holy Spirit brings feelings that you don't naturally have in and of yourself. The Holy Spirit stops feelings that you naturally have in yourself. The Holy Spirit helps you control feelings that can sometimes control you. St. Augustine said, or Augustine, said, uh, said this. He said, Father, when he was praying to God, he says, Father, command what you will and then grant what you command. Did you get that? Father, tell me whatever you want and then make it happen in me because we can't be waiting around for me to do the stuff you're saying for me to do. you got to make it happen. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit's kind of our guide Towards things like joy and other things that don't naturally occur in us. It says in John uh, chapter 16, Jesus speaking to his disciples before he's crucified. says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So the Holy Spirit is just uh, a reflector, a pointer, if you will. uh, uh, A repeater of the things that he's heard from God the Father and God the Son. It says this, uh, that Jesus says he will glorify me. When he says glorify there, he's gonna shine a light on me. He's gonna point to me and who I am and the things that I do. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. If you can go back to the definition, that's, that's what it means. I got a little ahead of myself, but that's what it means when it says uh, that these feelings are produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. See, the Holy Spirit trains us On Jesus like it says in Hebrews uh, fix your eyes on Jesus he's the author and the perfecter of your faith right that's the goal of the Christian life to look at Jesus and so when I see Jesus everything else about my life kind of slips into the background and the things that Jesus wants to give me in my life these these feelings that I don't naturally have like joy and gratitude and compassion I forgot that one anybody struggle with compassion yeah those things come because I'm looking at Jesus who is the most joyful, uh, the the most worthy of my gratitude, the most compassionate. I'm, I'm looking at him, I'm seeing him, and all of a sudden I'm bringing him and his character into my life, and it's exuded in the things that I think, say, and do, right? But if my eyes are off of Jesus, and I look at my disappointments and my stress like I was yesterday driving back from that car appointment, if I'm thinking about, what is not instead of what is. If I'm focused on uh, me and my and mine instead of he and his and thine, well, then the mess comes. So my question as we close because I didn't get the peace last service either, is, uh, is there joy in your life? Is there joy in your life? If I can say one thing about peace, joy and peace are kind of handcuffed together just so you know. Joy is this feeling you have, it's this confidence you have in, in, the, in the fact that God's going to make everything all right. Peace is the result of you feeling that, choosing that, accepting that. You see how they're linked? I feel joy and then I live in peace. God elevates me above my circumstances and then the resultant effect is peace. You feel joy? Are you in the midst of Peace? I submit to you, everybody look at me and I'll let you go. I submit to you that there's nothing in your life. No cancer, no divorce, no blow up between you and your kids, no test final, whatever that my kids just went through in colleges, no matter how trivial or how serious, there is nothing in life, no loss, no hurt, no pain, that God's joy and God's peace cannot raise you above and, and free you from those things, elevate you to a place where you walk on in freedom like you were meant to. Jesus came, it's the greatest day in the history of ever. And when he came, he brought so many things, I can't begin to preach them all, I'll stick around, you stick around, we'll try to get the most of them, cool? But today I wanted you to hear the good news of great joy. I wanted you to know that with that joy comes this peace that Paul says surpasses all understanding. It can be yours. And I pray that today, if you haven't met the one who can provide it, you'd follow Jesus with your life for the first time. That if you have met Jesus, you'd make him the center of your life. you'd look to him through the word and through the world and seeing the evidence of him there, and you would, in your soul, lean into him so that the feelings and choices and actions of your life would be in step with Him, and you'd have the, the, the life experience that He wants you to have. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for a chance to open Your Word and to and discover there Your joy. And we haven't begun to to mine the depths of, of what Your joy means and and how it brings the peace that we all need. Uh, but God, for this very uh, uh, terse and and beginning, you know. Uh, understanding of this. We pray that you'd help us to walk from here uh, confident that you got everything in control, that you're a good God, and that you're leading me and and the rest of these people here uh, towards uh, what's best uh, for you and your glory and for us in our lives. Help us to rest in you, God. Uh, Help us to be free, Lord, from the stress. And even as it's starting to set in, God, would you grant us this reminder that uh, Uh, we need to look to Jesus and who he is and understand what he gives and what he brings so that when uh, stress comes, when pain comes, uh, when life happens, uh, we can walk through it eyes fixed on him. I pray this for my friends because I want your best for them. I want your best for me. Uh, Lead us to that, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Walk in joy, walk in peace.